Welcome to the Restless Hearts Podcast, a podcast dedicated to spiritual reflections and conversations about our journey together as human beings. I am Father Ray DeLugos, an Augustinian friar serving at Merrimack College as the Vice President for Mission and Ministry. There may well be no more important practice to the process of developing a healthy and vigorous spirituality and actually to becoming more fully human every day than working to be as intentionally grateful as we can as often as we can. I have realized how really bad I am at that, how how much it takes to shake me out of a sense of deprivation, anxiety, and entitlement so that I can be truly grateful. Gratitude calls our attention to what we do have rather than to what we are lacking or missing in life. It opens our awareness to how little of anything we have provided for ourselves, earned by our efforts, built with our hands, and how much our how infinitely much has been simply given to us without our asking or without deserving it. When I am truly grateful in it, and that is not very often at all, it is hard to not simply fall on my knees in worship, to sing with joy and gladness and to be aware of how insignificant and small I am in relation to the vast wonder of creation and the goodness of our Creator. Once I start being intentionally grateful, it's hard to stop, but it becomes overwhelming in itself. Gratitude, more than anything else, shows us God's presence in so many ways and places that any thought or idea that God is not real or God is not with us, or God is not loving us, is simply impossible to justify. And yet I have such a hard time being grateful, and such an easy time ruminating over what I do not have, and think that I need in order to be whole and happy. A few years ago, I spent a few days at the Augustinian Divisiate in Racine, Wisconsin, a house of formation for men seeking to live their lives as Augustinian friars. I was there to speak to a group of friars from around the English-speaking world about something about which they thought I had some expertise. That was a fine and enjoyable experience. But while I was there, I was also involved in my work at Merrimack as the Vice President for Mission and Student Affairs in those days. It was budgeting season and I was stressed and anxious and worried that I would not get enough to allow the folks who did the work of student affairs to do their jobs effectively. There were phone calls and emails back and forth, and it wasn't going well for me. The meeting at the novitiate ended on Saturday afternoon, and I had plans to return to Merrimack on Sunday morning, which turned out to be Mother's Day. I was driven to the airport dropped off and began the process of check-in and security. Yes, this is another self-awareness moment in an airport. I was aware of feeling very burdened emotionally, spiritually, and physically. I was carrying way too much stuff, computers and books and the like. I was feeling really worried about the state of the church, the order of St. Augustine and its future, and therefore my future and I had this unrelenting queasiness in my stomach about the budget at Merrimack. In this burdened state, 
I was in no mood for the Midwestern friendliness that was on full display by all of the employees in the airport. One after another greeted me with a big smile and a warm, Good morning, sir. How are you today? Which elicited some grunts and groans and sighs from me while evoking real annoyance inside of me. Why can't they all just leave me alone in my burdened misery? At some point along the way, I catch up to another traveler in line who appears to not be burdened at all. And simply seeing that was a source of even more unease and resentment. He was dressed in shorts and a tank top and was carrying nothing but a tablet with earphones in his ears. As he was greeted by the overly friendly employee's inquiry about how he was today, he blurted out time after time, I'm too blessed to be stressed. Each time he said this, it went through me like a knife. I would just shake my head, roll my eyes, and I thought, oh, please, you've got to be kidding. Give me a break. Maybe you should feel some burdens like I have and see if you could still say that. At any rate, we both completed the gauntlet and went our set to our separate concourses, where he no doubt got on his plane, left on time, and had a wonderful reunion with his loving mother later that day. Meanwhile, I made my way to my gate and was greeted with the news that my flight was delayed. Yes, Father Rage was alive and well. It turned out that the plane needed a part replaced and that was going to be a problem on Mother's Day since the part was not in Milwaukee. And so the vigil began and all through it, I'm thinking about my frenemy who was too blessed to be stressed. Obsessing over this and becoming more miserable with each passing second, I found myself saying almost out loud, too blessed to be stressed, my... I'm too stressed to be blessed. As soon as I said that, it was as if God's angel whacked me with his two by four and I was invited to recall an experience I'd had earlier that spring while on a service trip with students to Baltimore, Maryland. Our primary task that week was helping at a very large meal center for the poor and homeless of Baltimore and providing a healthy and nutritious lunch to over 700 people a day. In that setting, my role was the same as those airport em employees in Milwaukee, and I would greet each guest as they arrived with a warm and friendly, good morning, sir, good morning, ma'am, how are you today? And with almost no exceptions, the poor and homeless of Baltimore, carrying their burdens on their backs with nowhere to lay them down, replied, I'm blessed, thank you. And so I then experienced a good healthy dose of remorse and guilt and probably shame at my ungrateful complaining because of some temporary inconveniences and conflicts while enjoying an abundance of riches. I was then inspired to recall the passage from the Gospel of Matthew where Jesus lifts his eyes to heaven and says, I give you praise and thanks, Father, for what you have hidden from the learned and the clever you have revealed to the merest children. Here I was, certainly numbered among the learned and the too clever for my own good, blind to the abundance surrounding me, allowing trivial burdens to blind me from all the blessings and gifts that I cannot even count, 
allowing stress to deprive me of blessings and realizing that I have a real problem with being grateful. Realizing that I'm working harder and harder to notice what is in my life rather than what is missing. For St. Augustine, gratitude expressed in the form of praise of God, the creator of everything, was the only possible response he could make to his awareness of God's grace in his life. The event that transformed Augustine from a self-centered, ambitious, unsatisfied with himself except for when he was much too satisfied with himself was his willingness to surrender to grace as a gift he could not earn no matter how hard he tried. He shares with us the story of walking home from his job as the rhetor of the Roman Empire, miserable and stressed with the task of writing a speech in praise of a corrupt Roman official and encountering an intoxicated beggar sitting in the middle of the street happily singing songs. Augustine tells us that he was filled with envy at seeing someone in such a miserable state experiencing such happiness, while with all his success, he was worn down and beaten. That experience motivated him to open himself a little more to the possibility that he needed to receive what he could not give himself. In his book, The Road to Character, David Brooks includes a chapter on St. Augustine entitled Ordered Love. In it, he quotes author Jennifer Hurt, who wrote in her book, Putting on Virtue, God wants to give us a gift and we want to buy it. Gratitude is allowing ourselves to receive without earning it or paying God back as we often feel obligated to do when we are uncomfortable with someone else's generosity to us. We pray in one of the Eucharistic prayers of the Mass that our praise adds nothing to God's greatness, but makes us grow in grace. We can give God nothing in return for God's abundant gifts, but we can receive them, knowing that we will never own them or possess them, but that they have just been so generously placed in front of us to use and joy and find life in. Brother David Steindl Rast is a Benedictine monk who writes a great deal about spirituality and developing a healthy and strong spiritual life. In a book that collects his essential wisdom called Common Sense Spirituality, he writes that developing a greater and greater capacity for surprise is one of the best ways to begin becoming more and more intentionally grateful and therefore more and more aware and even overwhelmed by God's presence and God's awesome generosity to us. He tells us that his favorite name for the God he worships is surprise, because it is the only name that does not limit God by our expectations. He suggests that we make use of the advice of Alice Walker to begin honing a greater capacity for surprise and therefore a growing capacity for gratitude. She says, expect nothing, live frugally, on surprise. Brother David then offers us this understanding of that advice. To expect nothing may mean not taking for granted that your car will start when you turn the key. Try this and you will be surprised 
by a marvel of technology worthy of sincere gratitude. Or you may not be thrilled by your job, but if for a moment you can stop taking it for granted, you will taste the surprise of having a job at all while millions are unemployed. If this makes you feel a flicker of gratefulness, you'll be a little more joyful all day, a little more alive. Once we stop taking things for granted, our own body can become one of the most surprising things of all. It never ceases to amaze me that my body both produces and destroys 15 million red blood cells every second. 15 million. That's nearly twice the census figure for New York City. I'm told that the blood vessels in my body, if lined up end to end, would reach around the world. Yet my heart needs only one minute to pump my blood through this filigree network and back again. It has been doing so minute by minute, day by day, for more than 80 years, and still keeps pumping away at 100,000 heartbeats every 24 hours. Obviously, this is a matter of life and death for me, yet I have no idea how it works, and it seems to work amazingly well in spite of my ignorance. I do not know how my eyes ad adapt, yet when I chant by candlelight, they are a hundred times more sensitive to light than when I read outdoors on the porch at noon. I wouldn't know how to give instructions to the 35 million digestive glands in my stomach for digesting one single strawberry. Fortunately, they know how to do their job without my advice. When I think of this as I sit down to eat, my heart brims with gratefulness. In these moments, I can identify with the psalmist who cried out in amazement, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. From there, it is only a small step to seeing the whole universe and every smallest part of it as surprising. The humble, from the humble starting point of daily surprises, the practice of gratefulness leads to these transcendent heights. Thomas Carlyle pointed out to these peaks of spiritual awareness when he wrote, Worship is transcendent wonder, transcendent surprise. May we be blessed with more and more surprise, more and more gratitude, and maybe those blessings will make us all the more less stressed. Peace and blessings on all of you.